Welcome to C3 Church Cabra. You're about to hear a message from Andrew Flaxman. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. I want to uh, share a message called Everyday Preachers, uh, part two. Part two, we preached a little bit ago, I think it was two weeks ago, on ever coming into the season of Christmas, who loves Christmas, and uh, giving gifts and receiving gifts and family gatherings. And uh, it's like a time when uh, everyone comes out of the woodwork and comes around a meal together. And uh, I wanted to share this morning uh, part two, and I love that title. I love that title, Everyday Preachers. It just resonates with me that it's not about one man on a stage. Uh, It's about everyone, everywhere, everywhere we go, sharing God's great love that whoever you are, wherever you go, that we are all collectively everyday preachers. We're on the soccer fields, we're at the bus stop, whether at the school, we're at the canteen line, we're at a cafe. You don't go to church, we are the church. So we become the church gathered. Right now we're the church gathered, but then when we leave, we become the church scattered. So we're not, it's not one or the other. We don't go, we are actually the church. And uh, I actually think, to be honest, that, uh, you know, the Bible says that Jesus says he will build his church. And I actually think that the devil has somehow twisted it and said, well, if it has to be a church, fine. If it has to be this, fine. But let's limit it to one man, one preacher, on one service on a Sunday morning, and that's it. But I believe that actually that God has called every one of us, every one of us, you, you, not me, everyone, I put your hand up for everyone, every one of us, everywhere we go, to connect and love and honor and, and love people that we are the church. We are, if you have a notepad, write down, I am an everyday preacher, everyday preacher. Uh, part one, I just want to recap just a little bit. Uh, it says, the word of the Lord came to me. I love that this church is a house where the word of the Lord comes to people, it comes to us, God will speak to us. We're not just a word church, we're not just a spirit church, we're a, we're a Bible church, but in, also we're a spirit church. We're based and grounded and anchored in God's word, yet we're empowered and released by God's Holy Spirit. Amazing, I love that. God will speak to us. Part number two was that God set us apart, that uh, we talked about how Peter and uh, Judas, two of the disciples, were you know basically the same, nearly the same guy. One was the treasurer, one was maybe the leader of the of the disciples. They both you know sinned or betrayed Jesus, same crime, and uh, the difference was God set how they set apart. Same man, one turned back to the Lord and one didn't. What's the difference? Well, how, how do we get set apart? It's a decision. Every day is a decision that this is who I'm going to be. Today, whether it's this or it's that, the decision between Peter and Judas, Peter gets elevated to become the head of the church, amazing, and Judas ended up falling into deep darkness and taking his own life. What was the decision? What was the difference? It was a decision. And number three, uh, I called you as a prophet to the nations. It's a recap. Don't know if I will stand, Ed, on large stages around the world. I do not know. But what I do know is when I'm at the bus stop on a Monday, I can see the mum there and say, hey, you're awesome. When I'm at soccer, I can, we can be the difference. We can be the church. So let's get into number uh, part two. I never preached a part two, so this is so exciting for me. Uh, anyone ever preached a part two? And uh, it's so cool if you have. Well done. It says here, let's read it. Jeremiah verse, uh, chapter one, verse four. 
to 12. The word of the Lord came to me saying, this is the Lord talking to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. I like this. This is where you're going to land. It says, chapter, uh, verse 6, it says, Then said I. Is that what it says there? Then said I. Well done. I would say then I. Then, then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. Can everyone say, Excuses. Excuses. Who knows that God will ask us to do something? And so many times say, oh, no, God, I, I can't do that. You know, we love, we love the human conditions. We love to hide behind excuses. God will say, do this. No, no, I can't do that. Or, you know, we hear a lot about, um, you know, uh, I definitely, you know, I definitely would have made it on the pro tour for sure. No doubt but my knee. You know, I would have been, absolutely, I could have been like a, man, I had it when I was young. I was like in the top two, three guys. I was amazing. But my knee, or I could have, you know, I could have played State of Origin. Absolutely, I could have put my shoulder, you know, I blew my shoulder out when I was 16. And then, you know, who knows that we hear a lot about self-made millionaires, right? Self-made millionaires. Who, who, who knows a self-made millionaire? They're everywhere. We love self-made millionaires. Oh, you came from nothing and you're this. But very rarely do we see the Channel 7 lady interviewing the self-made failure. Self-made failure. How did you do it? How did you ruin it all? Oh, well, it's great. I had a great time. You know, we never hear about the self-made failure. You know, when things go wrong, it's in the human condition to distance ourselves from the problem and even blame and often blame those around us. Not my fault. It was him. And it goes back to, it's a human condition. If you've got kids, you know that this is actually true. I didn't do it. Who wrote Paris on the wall? Wasn't me. Who wasn't? Sort of your handwriting. When Adam ate of the forbidden fruit, Adam said to God, it wasn't my fault. It was because of the woman you gave me. Do you know that we hide behind? We hide behind excuses. God said, I want you to do this. I want you to start a connect group. Or I want you to be a leader of something. Or I want you to step out and have a go. Or get up on stage and play an instrument. Or, or serve at the cafe. Or serve here. Or be a, a flag waver down there. But how often do we hide behind, we, we put these excuses up, it says, no, 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 God, I could, I could never do that. Do you know that the Israelites complained and grumbled against Moses for 40 years as they wandered the wilderness? I tell you, if I was Moses, I would have turned that car right around and gone home. And, uh, you know, they, they said stuff like, wasn't it better for us in Egypt? It's like, What? You know, one version says, I like this. It said, in Egypt, we had cucumbers to eat. It's like, what are you talking about? Cucumbers to eat? You're on the way to the promised lands. Do you know that complaining and excuses may get us out of certain situations, but complaining and excuses will never get us into our promised land. As we complain and get out, we might get out of taking the bins out, you know, uh, kids clean your room. No, no, I can't. I've got to sort, you know. We may get out, complaining gets us out of things, but it never gets us into new seasons, never gets us into new areas, into new, you know, new, new things that God has for us. The, the excuses we make rob and undermine who God has designed us to be. The Bible says that we are more than overcomers. We are more than overcomers. So I actually think that God puts things in our way 
Why? Not to taunt us, not to test us, not to, not to say, well, there you go, that's your, that's your lot in life. I, I knew you were, you know, God puts things in our lives. Why? Not so we can say, oh, that mountain, well, I would have done it, but there's a mountain there. I believe God puts things in front of us so that inside something rises up and the Bible says we are more than overcomers. To be an overcomer, to be more than an overcomer, you actually have to overcome a problem. The problem's not the problem. The problem's and like an invitation from the Lord to say, I want you to enlarge, I want you to grow, I want you to get over this problem. And then we become, we become conquerors of the problem. Who's, who knows what I'm saying? Isn't that great? And since, yeah, I, I had this thought that each time we, we, we make up or, or hide behind an excuse or lie, putting like brackets or lie, we place false ceilings and a very real limitation over our lives. As a result, we find ourselves living confined, feeling powerless, and often blaming those around us because of the limitations that we put over our lives. When we drop the excuses and agree with who God, I've actually found myself making excuses for other people's excuses. Well, they're just having a bad day and they've had a bad childhood. Who's ever found that? Well, it's just their business is on the, you know, so you can understand how they We're all full of grace and love. Who's ever found themselves making excuses for other people's excuses? And here, I love this. God says to Jeremiah, he says, stop making excuses. Just stop. Stop doing it. Stop making excuses. God says, you can do it. I've empowered you. It'll be great. Enjoy the adventure. He said, don't say that you're young or you're too old or you're too poor or you're too this or you're too that. He says, stop all that. Hey, Jeremiah, see that excuse that you, it's not going to fly with me. I'm God. It's not going to fly with me. I don't, no excuse. There's no excuse. He says, hey, Jeremiah, guess what? Go and do it. Just go and do it. Step out, have a great time and go and do it. Is that great? Point one, as we come around, this is the Christmas message of Everyday Preachers, part two. As we come around into our family gatherings, don't be the one that says, hey, I can't share love with that person. Hey, I can't include that person. Guess what? You can. Hey, I can't see that lady down there who's struggling and frazzled. Guess what? You can love people as well. Point one, I cannot speak. God says to Jeremiah, that says, if a God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, God's given us a spirit of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. I like that, a sound mind. Number two, says here, you shall speak. Let's have a read. Do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. This Christmas, here's my encouragement to you over this Christmas season, that one of the best things that you can do for yourself and for God, one of the greatest ways that we can serve God is to let God heal our hearts. Is to let God, you know, heal the hurts and the dis- disappointments. To let God, some of us use that as an excuse why we can't do anything. No, 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 you don't understand. I've got like this 1990, someone did this and, you know, it sort of hurt me. And so we put walls up. Who's ever, who's ever put a wall up? Right? I think one of the best things we can do for God, for God and for ourselves, is to actually let God heal our hearts, take away the hurt. You know that when we stand on the altar and God touches you and God moves in your heart, that uh, God, it's like hurts fall off, 
disappointments fall off, bitterness falls away. And uh, you know, it's so powerful. Just an instant, as we stand and we say, God, just speak to my heart. Whatever it is, speak to my heart. God is gentle as he comes through. I tell you, you can walk, you can walk out, of a, out of a place of standing on the altar and you can be changed. God can change your heart. I think one of the, it says here, point two is you shall speak. One of the best things, the best ways that we can uh, do for God and for ourselves is to let God heal our hearts and then be an example to other people that if God healed his heart, God can heal my heart. If God did that for them, then God can do that for me. If God did that for you, then God can do that for me. That, that we don't, this Christmas, we don't have to stay broken. God, doesn't, God hasn't designed us to come to church every week and come out every week living the same way, with the same hurts and issues inside our hearts that hold us back, put up walls, put excuses out. That's not how God has called us to be. Now that we don't have to live miserable. We don't have to live in depression. We don't have to live with self-pity, hating ourselves, despising ourselves, in regret. We don't have to live with dread, dread and fear that God died on the cross. Why? So we can live the life that he has designed us to live. God has designed us to live in freedom, in peace, in love. And I think that one of the best representations we can do is actually be an example to other people that, hey, that guy... That guy was a so-and-so, but then now he's not. Now he's a nice guy. That guy used to rip people off, but now he's generous. That guy used to talk behind people's back. Now he raves about how great people are. That guy, do you know what I'm saying? Who's with me? Who's with me? I like that. That you shall speak. That uh, it's not always, and it is sometimes, I'm not saying that you shouldn't say words, of course. Have conversations, of course. But uh, I think that just by being whole inside your heart and allowing God to heal the hurts and heal the pain and take away regrets and all these type of things, that people, when you walk around, actually see that that person's connected to the Lord. And I want what that guy's having. I want what that, there's a hole. Because I believe that inside each one of us is eternity. There's eternity in our hearts, that there's a longing for more than what we currently have. And I believe that longing is God saying, hey, you were born for so much more than this. Point Point two, you shall speak. I like that. Number three, and uh, this is the last point. I like this. It says, for I am with you to deliver you. This is uh, God talking to Jeremiah and he says, I am with you to deliver you. I just want to have a look at one uh, verse. Is that the only verse we've got? I think so. It's in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 22. And it's, uh, and it's about a guy, that last point, and I want to really look at this one, is uh, the point was, for I am with you to deliver you. And uh, I want to talk about a guy who, a uh, great guy, King David, who got delivered. The Lord delivered him a lot. And who would love to get to heaven one day and say, God, thank you, you delivered me a lot. And uh, he always got himself, there's enemies coming at him and this and that. And uh, God delivered him. And uh, isn't that great? Who would love to be that guy? I would. I don't want to be the guy that gets to heaven and God goes, well, I had all this power for you, but you never called on me. You never knocked on my, you know. David says here, he says, he delivered me from my strong enemy. Underline strong enemy. David had a strong enemy. Anyone have any strong enemies? And uh, 
depends where I'm paddling out, but sometimes, and uh, Evan knows, from those, from those who hated me, and if King David was a surfer, perhaps if he was in the lineup like Evan, Evan takes off in so many ways, people go, oh, who's that guy? He's got another one, he's got another one. And uh, then we have such a fun time. Last Sunday afternoon, all the young families or nearly got together and all the kids ran around and who was there last Sunday? We went to the beach. That was so much fun, everyone. It doesn't matter. Okay. He delivered me from my... This is, this is kind of what I want. And when I get to heaven, I want to use up all my store credit. I want to use up all my, all my, you know, all my vitality, all my life, all my chances. You know, when you play Alex the Kid, you can die three times and then that's game over. And uh, I want to use all my lives, all the whole thing. I don't, want to get, I don't want to get to heaven and go, oh, you had heaps left, but you didn't, you didn't do anything. I, I empowered you, but you right. didn't do anything. Right. I want to get to heaven and like a, like a beat-up man with like half a shirt and crawling in. And God says, you did it. You got there. And I go, yeah, I got there. And anyway, 2 Samuel 22, 18, he delivered me, talking, talking about the Lord. He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, strong words, for they, I love this next part, underline this, for they were too strong for me. King David is saying here that his enemy coming at him, this is the church, this Christmas, his enemy coming at him was too strong for him. Too strong for him. He could lift like 100, there's like 500. Couldn't, can't lift it, right? They confronted me, his enemy, in the day of my calamity. And isn't that true? That, uh, you know, you'll never get attacked as you come out of a prayer meeting. You'll never get attacked after a, a big breakthrough. Who knows that when you're trying to bit kids in the car and bills are coming in, who knows that often the devil will attack, attack us in the day of our calamity. When everything's going wrong, isn't when everything's going wrong, oh, and then that's another, that's another thing, you know. The devil doesn't attack us when we're standing there ready. It's usually in the, in, he confronted me. It's so, so true in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He also brought me out, and I believe this is how God, this is God's will for us. He also brought me out into a broad place that God has called us to enlarge spiritually, that it's not here and now, this is not it. God's enlarged us spiritually, that, uh, that God gives us hearts for people. I actually believe, I honestly believe that God is calling a city to come together and worship the Lord. I actually honestly believe, I honestly believe that God is, is calling people to rise up, not one man, but everyday preachers to rise up right. and, and, and encourage a whole city to hear God's word on a Sunday or a Saturday or whatever day, that God's good news is so great that it isn't, it isn't just for 200 people or 100 people, that God's heart breaks for the cities of the world. God heart, God heart breaks for those who don't yet know him. It's called, some Bibles are called the good news, the good news message. We are filled with the good news message that God is empowering us. Why? To sing songs, yes. To hear worship, yes. To pray, yes. But to actually go out and be a difference to somebody, to actually bring them in and say, hey, you don't have to do it alone. You don't have to do it broken. There's another way to go out and to be an everyday preacher. I believe that God is bringing us out. And as we allow our lives to, to be placed on God's altar, that God enlarges us inside. God enlarges us spiritually that we can fight bigger battles. 
and not be overwhelmed. We can take bigger things, we can take more ground and not be overwhelmed. We can, we can do more, we can reach out to more, to more people because who knows that people, are, they're not numbers, they're God's kids. And if my house is burning down and uh, in the fire is bad, so topic maybe, but, uh, and I said, oh, Jill, I got two kids out, but I couldn't get the other two. Who knows that Jill would not be happy with that, that God is looking for everyone. God's heart isn't just for some or the elect or the few or this one or that guy. No, the Bible says that all should know him, that all should know him, that all should know him, that I believe God's will for the church is that we will be his hands and feet and go out and love people and bring them in, that we would, we would as a people, that we would... Uh, God will bring us into a broad place spiritually that we can take on. We can take on. We can take land. We can take that. We can take this. That uh, we can be in a broad place physically that God wants us to be healed. We can be in a broad place financially that we can have the ability to operate in power. Do you know that when you have money, you actually have the ability to operate in power. When the church has money, the church has the ability to operate in power, that we can bless this mama, we can bless that, we can do this. You know, the, the reason the devil doesn't want money in the church isn't, isn't for any other reason than he doesn't want the church to be able to operate in power, take land, build buildings, Bible colleges, reach out, concerts, all this whole thing that God is calling us and bringing us, I believe, bringing us into a broad place. And the last thing is bringing us into a place emotionally. That uh, we're, we're big-hearted, kind people. That, uh, you know, don't fly off the handle when someone cuts in on you on your way home from church. Who's ever done that? Oh, what a great message this morning, Pastor Phil. Oh, I was just in God's presence. Oh, it was amazing. What the God is cut? He just cut me off. And you be running, you get up right behind them. And anyone ever do that? You have like this amazing service. And God's just really flowing through me this morning. And oh man, we're giving words and we're doing this. And then all of a sudden, someone, you know, indi- come in front of you, they don't indicate. And you get right up behind them. Who's ever done it? You turn your lights on. And anyone done that? But like 20 minutes ago, you're on the altar going, God, I'll do anything. God, you're so good. Oh, God, you're so great to me. How often emotionally, what my emotional capacity, if you want to know your emotional capacity, being a traffic jam when you're trying to go somewhere and let someone cut in on you. And uh, I'm always the guy just lets that guy in. You know, the, you know, and you know, give like the, go on, you know, go on, go on, you old scaler, go on, get in there. And it's like, it's like I'm being so generous, so generous. And I, I go, I let that guy, he's such a good guy. You're such a good guy. That growing up in the church thing that really worked for you. You're such a good guy. And uh, you know, when they let you let that guy in and you and then you know and then they don't give you like the courtesy how I can turn. Like turn. And it's like, go on, off you go. And then and then no back and you go, oh, that'd be right. Oh, that'd be right. Anyway, emotionally. That God's calling us to come into a broad place emotionally. And, uh, oh, you know, when, you know, when, uh, anyway, I, I, I just thought I'd read this as we're coming to a close this morning, as we read this, that uh, is, this is such a reminder for us all this Christmas that it's okay to admit that, th- that we will go through things that are too strong for us. Right. Sometimes self-help or trying harder in your own strength 
is not the solution. Sometimes it is bigger than our ability to problem solve ourselves. David here was facing an enemy. He did not have enough strength to fight. The sons of, the, of Goliath, who were, David says, stronger than him. What happened? The Lord sent support in the form of four mighty men who helped David defeat the giants, listen to this, when he could not. The Lord has created a support system to help us defeat enemies that are too strong for us. Underline this, it's called the church. When we face something too strong for us, the collective strength, Phil Cairns, Fleur, all the great people in this church, of the people around us, help us bring down the Bring down what we cannot bring down on our own. Last line. Our lives were always meant to be lived within a community of believers. We're meant to be living in a community of believers. King David was facing an enemy too strong for him. He could not do it by himself. God gave him four mighty men who could take down the giants on his behalf. When we come to church... We're connected. We're knitted together. We're, the Bible calls us an army. Yes, we're an army. The Bible calls us a body. Yes, we're a body. But guess what? We're a family. We're a family that comes together. Do you know family members just drop in, come around, lend stuff, have stuff? You can take it, yours. We're a, we're a family of people that come together. Last scripture as we bring the band up. Finally, all of you should be of one mind, sympathize with each other, love each other as brothers and sisters, be tender-hearted, and keep a humble attitude. My prayer at the end of this message is that, dear Lord, heal my heart, bring down the walls, help me to live and dwell within a community of believers. Lord, help me to live and dwell within a community of believers. And I have found that when walls are up, it's very hard to dwell when walls are up because of my hurts and my this and my that, I can only stick around so long. I, I, I sort of have a limited time that I can actually stay within a community because eventually you're going to want to look deeper. Eventually you're going to want to ask tougher questions. If my hurts are there, my walls are there, actually excuses of why we can't enter into the community, then it's going to be very tough for us to, like Bree said, like Rach said, to put our roots down and to connect and to be strengthened and to be knit together, knit together in God's house, that God has a purpose for us in this house. God has a a reason for us to be here, not just a number. I love the title of this message, Everyday Preachers. What a great title, thank you. Everyday, everyday preachers that God has empowered us to go out into the world as everyday preachers. And what happens? We come together on a Sunday morning or whenever our service is, and we come together and we... We hug each other, we love each other, we celebrate, we cry with each other, and we hug people, and then we shake hands, we have coffee, and we, we're a community of everyday preachers, a community of everyday people, that when we come in and we leave empowered, we leave spirit-filled, we leave with more power on the inside of us, that we come encouraged, we hear God's words. That's my prayer as we stand, as we rise, the last one moment, that Lord, you would heal my heart, And uh, Lord, you'd help me to bring the walls down. This Christmas, Lord, as I'm entering family time, as I'm entering time of fellowship and connection, Lord, I don't want to live hurt. I don't want to live bitter. I don't want to live in excuses. 
God, I want to live the life that you've called me to live. I don't want to go around the mountain. I don't want to go around that mountain. I don't want to go around that mountain any longer. Lord, that you have called me to uh, a place of life, a place of freedom. Lord, a place where we can, you, you bring us, the Bible said you brought David to a broad place, a broad place. Lord, I pray today, Lord, as we're entering the time of Christmas, Lord, that this day would be a significant day that we can enter a broad place, spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally. Lord, you bring the walls down. Help us to bring the walls down. Lord, and to deal and to dwell and to love and to thrive. Lord, to thrive in a community of believers. God, you're so good to us. God, you're so good to us. God, you're so good to us. Lord, your will is that we'll be example to other people that if he healed that person, he can heal me. If he did that in that person, then he can do that in my life. If they did that, then he can do that. Lord, how about we close our eyes and just rest for this last one moment. Lord, I pray that you would heal my heart. Do you know that we all have stuff that we need God to deal with? Lord, I pray right now in this last moment, God, heal my heart. Lord, let me be free. Let me be free. Let me be free. Let me be free. Release it. Why? Because there's so much good in you. There's so much great in you. The Bible says you have God's image. You're made in God's image on the inside of you. And these excuses, they restrict and limit who God can be inside you. This morning, it may even be a tough time. I even believe that today, perhaps, God is asking some people to forgive others. Uh, well, I couldn't forgive that guy because he's a so-and-so. Uh, maybe God's asking you to, to forgive somebody, to let it go, to release that person, to, to let the, the grip go. Why? So you can be free on the inside. Come on, church. Let's lift this song. Let's spend one moment searching God. God, whatever's in my heart, God, whatever's holding me back, Lord, whatever's restricting me, God, deal with it in this house. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Let's be.